Greetings, team heads, and welcome into the latest installment of the 20th and Blake podcast, a Colorado Rockies-centric podcast powered by My Life Sports. I'm your host, Anilo Piro, back with the latest installment of your Colorado Rockies News and Notes podcast, a.k.a. the 20th and Blake podcast that you can find all over the interwebs on MyLifeSports.com, on Spreaker, and iTunes. So be sure to give us a comment, leave us a like, give us a follow, be sure to subscribe, all that jazz. Uh, both my partner, Luke, and myself really, really appreciate your engagement. Uh, if you guys enjoy my work for Mile High Sports, be sure to follow me on social media, on Twitter at avp.media, or that's, excuse me, Instagram is avp.media, and Twitter is at media by AP. Love interacting with you guys on both of those platforms as well, um, especially on my Instagram, which I just hear, which I launched here recently just a couple of months ago. So before I do every podcast, I'm definitely doing something, uh, I'm going to make it a tradition to open it up to fans to ask me some questions that they want to have answered on this podcast. So be sure to pay attention to my stories over there on Instagram at avp.media if you want to get intertwined and chime in with your thoughts on your Colorado Rockies. Well, it is 9.02 here in the Mile High City. The Rockies just wrapped up a big win against the Pittsburgh Pirates. Um, that, that makes it two in a row now for the Rockies, who now improved to three and four this season um, on their current eight-game road trip. So uh, a 9-3 to victory tonight for Colorado. John Gray managed to navigate through some early struggles there. Uh, Colorado Rockies offense are really kicking things into gear these last couple of games, um, giving their starting pitcher some support with Marquez the night before and then John tonight. So really solid overall sound play from the Rockies. And, you know, this is the Rockies club that we're used to seeing. You know, this this sort of performance is, is, is what Rockies fans have become accustomed to over the past couple of seasons, considering the, the you know, two trips to the post season and last year making it all the way to the NLDS so the Rockies in tonight's victory and and really this entire series versus Pittsburgh finally looking to look finally starting to uh, look like themselves here a little bit following you know an opening month and a half two months of the season in which they have just struggled mightily to establish really any form of consistency I mean there's no other way to slice it guys you know when the pitching is on on point the hitting is not and and vice versa it just seems like the Rockies have been unable to get on track and you know this has also been the case here on the road trip Rockies now sitting at 22 and 25 you know and, and so that record is a perfect display of their inconsistencies and their struggles so far this season. But, you know, nonetheless, two wins in a row now here in Pittsburgh, entering the final game of that series tomorrow. Rockies 3-4 and four on this road trip with a really golden opportunity to finish up with a 500 record, which in my opinion would be a major, major victory for this club considering, you know, their 22-25 and 25 record, which could easily be worse but also probably better if they were able to get their heads on straight out of the gate this season. But, if you're Rockies fans, I think you'll definitely take a sweep of the Pirates if they can pull this one off tomorrow. Will definitely be interesting to see how Antonio Sensatella pitches. Uh, kind of, is he going to fall in line with the solid starts from Marquez and Gray, which we'll talk about here later on in this podcast. So, um, some big stuff to keep an eye on. Some interesting trends for the Rockies here um, as we enter the end of May and get ready for a season-long ten-game homestand starting Friday, which we'll kind of preview here a little bit later on in the podcast. But uh, first up, some news and notes. If you guys did not see coming from the team this morning. Uh, early afternoon, whatever you want to call it. The big news, Tyler Anderson uh, was placed on the 60-day injured list. Uh, there, there is no word if we're going to see Anderson at any point this season moving forward, but he will undergo surgery on his left knee, according to Thomas Harding of MLB.com. And, and there really is no indication as to if we're going to see Anderson. Um, and this is from what, from what I was reading online. The outlook, including whether or not he'll have a shot at making it back to the mound this season, will depend on the will depend upon the precise work that ends up being done on the joint in his left knee. So if you guys remember, you know, through the early portion of the season, I believe Anderson only made three. Starts 
starts before being posted on the 10-day injured list with left knee inflammation. This has been kind of a recurring injury for Anderson. He, you know, and he's always been injury prone. If I remember correctly, he didn't make his major league debut until his age 26 season. So it did take him a while to make it to the show, considering that he was a first-round draft pick of the Rockies, I believe, in 2012, I want to say. Uh, possibly earlier from that, but you know, I- injuries have been something that have have plagued Tyler Anderson throughout the early, early portion of his career. But th- there has been there is something clearly wrong with him, which is definitely disheartening for the Rockies. And we'll talk about the starting rotation as a whole because you know this was supposed to be a strength of the Rockies entering the season. You know, last season the Rockies in 2018 posting the second lowest cumulative ERA amongst starting pitching, I believe, with a mark of it was under 4.2. I know, I believe the mark exactly is 4.17 um, in terms of the earned run average. So last. Last year, the starting rotation was a strength while the offense was good but not great. You know, the, the Rockies fans and the Rockies organization have, have become accustomed to just going on offensive tirade after offensive tirade, and that was not the case necessarily last season. And the starting pitching was able to compensate for that. And that's not to discredit the Rockies' offense by any means. It just wasn't up to the standard that, you know, a lot of people have become accustomed to over the years here now. But uh, yeah, so a, a big blow for Anderson. He had an ERA over 11 so far this season in just a handful of starts. He was demoted to AAA Albuquerque, but never made a start down there. Um, according to Thomas Harding and various other news outlets, including the Denver Post, when he went down to Arizona, or not Arizona, when he went down to AAA Albuquerque, he was mainly just meeting with specialists and doctors to come up with a course of action. And obviously after a week or two of deliberation, they came to the consensus that he does indeed need to go sur- undergo surgery on that left knee. So Tyler Anderson out for the foreseeable future. Taking an educated guess here, I don't think we see him back until you know the, the latter part of the season, if not at all this year. Uh, might be you know looking ahead to 2020 before we see a return from Tyler Anderson, if at all. And you know he's a good pitcher. If you guys remember back to the NLDS last season against Milwaukee, he, he had a phenomenal start, I believe, in Game Two. Um, so he definitely has some grit and some desire and drive. But like I said, guys, injuries have really plagued him throughout the entirety of his career. And I don't know how much longer the Rockies are going to be able to roll the dice on a guy like Anderson, considering their their aspirations and their expectations. So definitely something to monitor. And, and like I said, unfortunate nonetheless for the Rockies, considering you know how good and effective he was in spurts for them last season. Uh, moving along, let's talk about Jario Diaz. Uh, Diaz, excuse me. And, and he was he recorded the last three outs in the Rockies' nine three victory this after this evening. Excuse me, against the Pittsburgh Pirates. Um, Diaz turns twenty eight on Monday, and he and, and he was promoted after going one and zero with six saves and posting a zero point four five earned run average and a and a holding opponents to a point one seven one batting average in AAA Albuquerque this season um, and twenty innings pitched. So he's a guy that's been with the Rockies organization. I believe he was traded by the by the Angels to Colorado in two thousand and fifteen. Really made a name for himself, and you know, early on here with the Rockies, carved out a role for himself, and then uh, his his career was put on hold for a couple of reasons. Uh, first was due to Tommy John surgery in his throwing arm, so Diaz was you know he had to go through the whole nine month to a year rehabilitation process to come back from Tommy John surgery, and then unfortunately his wife, um, you know, it's really unfortunate his wife passed away from stomach cancer and this is something that was kept under wraps and was really just made public here today as he was called up in coordinates with some of the other moves that the Rockies had made so it's been a long emotional journey for Diaz back to the mound but it's it's fantastic it's a great story in the sense of him overcoming these obstacles to you know accomplish his lifelong dream his childhood dream of pitching in the big leagues so 
obviously our condolences are with him and it listen you gotta just be happy for the guy um considering all that he's been through so you know outside of being a plus arm out of the bullpen for the Rockies he's an overall great guy that has really overcome some adversity so really really exciting times for Diaz here um and, and you know he could also help the back end of this Rockies rotation or excuse me the back end of this Rockies bullpen you know which has kind of been a little bit of a weakness here for the Rockies um throughout the season Wade Davis going on the injured list today with an oblique issue that kind of occurred um in his last time out you know nothing too severe but obviously severe enough to place him and you know and shelf him on the 10-day injured list so um, you know, listen, injuries have been no stranger to the Rockies this season. They've, they've had their uh, their fair share of them. Daniel Murphy, Ryan McMahon, Chris Iannetta, Jake McGee, Chris Russin. You know, there's been a lot of guys, Kyle Freeland, um, all of which have already seen time on the injured list this season. So, uh, you know, just another couple names in Anderson and Wade Davis that will... Um, you know, join that crop of guys that have been on the injured list so far this season for the Rockies. Um, and according to Thomas Harding, you know, the Rockies have been kind of just going with a four-man rotation for the most part on this road trip due to the couple of the spruce of off days that they've had. Um, but, you know, all good things must come to an end, and the Rockies eventually are going to have to find out who they want to have as that fifth starter moving forward now with uh, Anderson no longer being in the rotation. And indications are that will be Jeff Hoffman, at least for the short term. Hoffman was scheduled to, to throw, I believe, either today or yesterday for the isotopes and was scratched which is just about all the indication that you need in regards to get you know predicting who's going to be the starter come the you know come game day and so it looks like Jeff Hoffman who is the centerpiece in the trade that sent Troy Tulewiski to Toronto will get yet another opportunity you know this season like he has over the past few seasons to try to solidify himself within the Rockies rotation so uh, you know a lot of news here before we even dive into the game today for the Colorado Rockies um, but all important stuff nonetheless that will affect the uh, future progression of this team this season so we'll have to see how they deal with these injuries how they weather the storm how Hoffman pitches um, you know how effective can Diaz be as well so you know some additions and some subtractions for the Rockies but listen guys they're they're 22 and 25 currently in fourth place in the National League West Um, you know an underwhelming start to say the least for the Rockies they need to get back on track and they have a season-long 10-game homestand starting on Friday um, you know against relatively easy opponents you know you got Baltimore who's one of the you know one of the you know, lesser teams in the league. Arizona, a division opponent, but, you know, a team that is not expected to make the postseason this year, followed by Toronto, who are in full rebuild mode. So it'll be exciting to see Vlad Guerrero Jr. in town. But listen, guys, th- for, for a team with postseason aspirations like the Rockies, this season-long homestand is a big, big opportunity for them to get back on track this season and try to relaunch themselves into the postseason hunt. But well, let's talk about tonight's game, guys, and, and just really some trends that we've picked up on here Um in this Pittsburgh series and really on this road trip. And, you know, I kind of talked about it here earlier. They're three and four so far on this road trip. And they entered this series with Pittsburgh, just one and four, you know, Rockies now winners in two of their last, you know, in their last two games. And I think it is absolutely critical for the Rockies to try to get a victory tomorrow in that in that getaway game against the Pittsburgh Pirates. You know, the Pirates entering this series were winners of seven in their last ten, including if they were on a three-game winning streak. So it uh, looks like the Rockies have caught the Pirates on a little bit of a downswing, and they need to take advantage of this and, and close out this series with a sweep to get back within a couple games of a 500 record on the year and, and really can, you know, kind of start to climb up the mountain um, if they want to get back into the postseason race. You know, there, there's really not a lot of room for error moving forward. They have to play above 500 baseball, basically, from this point on if they want to have any chance of, you know, getting back into the postseason. And it's really interesting that these they, they're able to rip off a couple of these wins against the Pirates because, you know, I, I've been doing a lot of brainstorming and thinking when I'm writing and podcasting for my high sports 
sports. And, and the Rockies really remind me of the Pittsburgh Pirates teams of, you know, just a handful of years ago. I believe the Pirates made the postseason in 2012, 13, and 14. So, you know, the Rockies and Pirates similar in the sense that they're mid-market teams, you know, not necessarily known for their, you know, lucrative players, not necessarily known for, you know, an, an enshrinement of success. But the Pirates a couple of years ago were able to rattle off a couple seasons in which they made the postseason and, and, you know, knocked on the door. You know, they, didn't, they, they never made it to a championship series, but they did make it to the division series and were the wild card a couple of times, if memory serves me correct. You know, and that's kind of where the Rockies find themselves right now. They've been the National League wild card team a couple of seasons in a row. They've made it to the National League division series, and, and now they're really trying to make that next step, and, and Pittsburgh was unable to do that. So while Pittsburgh is, is definitely in a better place now than they were you know, last year or the year before that, it's interesting just to take a peek back a few years ago to look at Pittsburgh, you know, making the postseason a couple years in a row, a few years, and then, you know, really falling off and having to hit the reset button here a little bit. Um, you know, and that's certainly something the Rockies would want to avoid considering, you know, the contractual obligations they made to players like Arenado and Charlie Blackman. You know, the, the Rockies did not sign Arenado to a lucrative extension, you know, Blackman to a big extension and Marquez as well, for that matter, you know, to miss out on the playoffs this season. Jeff Breidich and company are, are fully confident, they were fully confident entering the season that the Rockies would be back in the playoffs, and, and I, I mean, you had to be, you know, considering, you know, a majority of their core was coming back, but, you know, I've talked about it on this podcast and in my writing from MyLifeSports.com, the Rockies have rolled the dice on guys like Tyler Anderson, Antonio Sensatella, you know, uh, you know, guys like, you know, Carlos Estevez in, in the bullpen, different guys in different roles, Rommel Tapia, Ryan McMahon, you notice the trend here, a lot of young guys um, stepping up to fill the roles of guys that departed last season. You know, we saw Brendan Rodgers get called up as well. Um, you know, he was another guy that the Rockies are expecting to kind of fill the void of a guy like DJ LeMahieu, who they lost last season. So um, I don't really know how that all ties in, but <laughs> I've just been thinking a lot about the Pirates and where things went wrong with them. And part of it was the lack of an addition of talent. Part of it was guys flaming out to a certain degree and just getting cold at the wrong time. And, and, you know, sometimes things tend to go right when you're winning. You tend to get a little bit of luck, and and luck catches up to you, and and it seems like that's what's happened with the Rockies so far this season. And they're a very talented bunch, and they're certainly capable of making the playoffs, but they got to turn their act around, um, you know, if they want to accomplish that. And that's why I think this game tomorrow against the Pirates is such a a pivotal opportunity for them to get back on track and enter this season-long homestand like I've been hammering into you guys' ears, um, you know, with some momentum, with some good juice and mojo, um, you know, to try to rattle off some more wins and really, really launch themselves back into this discussion. So, um, you know, but you have to have, you know, timely hitting and you have to have quality pitching. And the Rockies got both, have had both of that, both of those, excuse me, in their in their previous two victories um, tonight, Daniel Murphy and Tony Walters were definitely the you know the star the keys um, to this Rockies victory in that nine to three victory over Pittsburgh with each of them hitting home runs for Walters, his first of the season. And the big thing about Tony Walters is he's solidifying himself as the go-to everyday catcher for the Rockies. I, I know Chris Iannetta works well with Kyle Freeland and some of these other guys, but his offensive production is just minimal. I mean, I mean outside of the occasional home run, Chris Iannetta has, you know, his best days are well behind him. 
Um, like I said, he can give you the really good competitive at bat off the bench, but you know, with the way that Tony Walters has been swinging the bat this season, I think you have to start defaulting to him as your primary catcher. He has surpassed his total extra his extra base total from last season already. He's hitting close to 300. He's completely reinvented himself at the plate. And you know, in talking with Walters, he told me it's as simple as see ball, hit ball. And you know, and I understand that it went up, but also you know, doing a little bit of digging here, a lot of this comes with his approach at the plate. He last season when he was struggling, he would. He would tinker with his mechanics a ton, and he's kind of refined things this season in the batter's box and has really just come up with a consistent swing, a consistent approach, and the results are showing so far. So, Walters with a big, big home run today, and like I said, he has already surpassed his, or he's matched it, excuse me, his uh, entire 2018 extra base hit output with 11 on the year so good stuff from Tony Walters and Daniel Murphy also hitting a home run today he's been starting to swing the bat better as of late which is a big big plus for the Rockies Um, you know he was off to a little bit of a rocky start when he started the season got hurt came back and was solid in his first couple of games and then kind of hit this downward spiral but a a home run today for Murphy he's been putting some really good uh, swings together at the plate so you know maybe a sign of the times that Murphy and Walters are both going to start coming around which only means good things for the guys in the middle of the lineup like Trevor Story and Ole Arenado who have been you know kicking it all season long doing what they do so definitely uh, some interesting trends to keep up with because we all know that Arenado and Story and Blackman you know these guys are going to hit they are all-star players Players. They're all-star caliber players this season. They have been in the past, and they're demonstrating that once again here this year. Um, you know, it's guys like Ian Desmond, Tony Walters, um, you know, Brendan Rodgers, now that he's here, Ryan McMahon. These are the guys that got to step up to really kind of fill the void in the rest of that lineup and, and pad you know, pro- provide some protection to the, you know, to the guys in the middle of the lineup. Toppy has been excellent at recording hits and getting on base this season for the Rockies as well. Uh, moving over to the pitching side of things, let's talk about John Gray. John Gray really, really solid tonight, hurling seven innings, allowing three earned runs while striking out seven batters. Um, he gave up one home run, and, and really outside of that, Gray was really, really solid. And, and this follows up Marquez's performance the night before, um, which we'll talk about here a little bit. But I think, you know, it, John Gray has been a really mixed bag for the Rockies so far this season. He's, he's, he's had some really good starts. He's shown some growth, but at the same time, you see that there's some issues that are still kind of bugging him on the mound. Um, but, you know, with that, you'll, you'll take what you can get from him tonight, you know, every day of the week, every time he takes the mound. And he did a really, really good job of battling through adversity. And I think that's where you've seen John Gray make his biggest stride this season is battling through that adversity and, and managing to navigate through traffic and, and, you know, not giving up the bases clearing triple or the bases clearing double, which we have become so accustomed to, especially following last season. So Gray overall looks more mature on the season. I know his numbers don't necessarily reflect that totally but he has you know mixed in a couple you know more than a couple he's had a few good starts this season but also a couple bad ones it's all about you know improving his overall output and we've definitely seen signs of that and we've seen signs of improvement from John Gray this season so that's a big time positive for the Rockies um, you know considering how bad Kyle Freeland has been this season considering where Tyler Anderson is at this point um, you know, and all that stuff. But, you know, I talked about Herman Marquez here for a second. Um, and let me talk about this. Starting pitching has been the Rockies' overall primary weakness this season. 
you know, they own, er, uh, excuse me, entering today's game, the Rockies had the highest earned run average with a mark of 4.56 in the National League, paired with a 272 opponent's batting average. Again, this was before John start, John Gray start today, but, you know, this is reflective of, of where the Rockies were before that. So not really good. The rotation has really failed to evolve this season, which has pinned Colorado in an uncomfortable position. Um, you know, having to go to their bullpen a lot earlier than they would like. I know Bud Black has been very frustrated with the collective output of the rotation. So between John Gray's start tonight and Herman Marquez's start last night, you know, two really, really big critical starts for the Rockies that could serve their bullpen and, and you know, also shows that these starters are capable of doing what it takes. Uh, but Marquez was phenomenal in that game one start against the Pirates, tossing eight innings, you know, and, and his, he tossed eight innings and only gave up three hits, no earned runs, um, really good stuff. Uh, with one walk in that start as well. And here's an interesting tidbit. The Rockies have only had three shutout victories this season, all three of which have been started by Marquez. So when Marquez has the ball, there's a good chance the Rockies are going to go out and get a victory so long as the offense can provide him with at least minimal run support because Marquez is that guy, really, really solid pitcher through and through. Um, and another interesting note here, Marquez became the fourth pitcher in club history to have a to have three or more games of seven or more shutout innings within his first 11 starts of the year. He joins Yabaldo Jimenez, Jason Hamill, and Mike Hampton as the only other players in Rockies history, pitchers for that matter, to eclipse that mark. So Marquez quickly solidifying himself as one of the greatest pitchers in Rockies history, and I don't think that's an understatement. I don't think that's an overstatement. Um, excuse me. He is that good, and he has a lot of potential, and he's going to be with the Rockies for a, for a long long time considering he just signed that five-year deal deal earlier on in the offseason moving around I've mentioned his name a lot throughout the podcast that is Brendan Rogers Rogers was back in the lineup today for the Rockies hitting seventh that's where Bud Black has liked to kind of slot him is is in the bottom of that lineup in that seven hole he's been playing primarily second base um, he's actually been playing exclu- exclusively second base um, his first major league hit and RBI or uh, yeah RBI for that matter the RBI was a fielder's choice and the first major league hit was an infield single and that's kind of been his trend here lately. He rattled off two more of those infield singles here today. Um, you know, and I guess you'll take them however you can get them. So uh, big two singles from Brendan Rodgers today, but he managed to break through in his third at bat and kind of put his power on display, ripping a double to right center field in what was a sweet, pretty stroke from Brendan Rodgers, the 22-year-old infielder for the Rockies, uh, you know, their top prospect, you guys know, you know, th- this guy was heralded as the heir to shortstop from Troy- for Troy Tulowitzki, you know, obviously Trevor Story is there, so he shifts over and takes the place of DJ LeMayhew, um, this guy was a top 10 overall prospect in all of baseball, um, you know, has a lot of really good upside, really good defensive skills, as well as, you know, a solid foundation in the batter's box, and he put that on display this afternoon. Um, you know, with that big time double. So good stuff from Brendan Rodgers, who has continued to settle into the big league level. Going to be really, really interesting to see how he responds in front of his first game at Coors Field, uh, in front of that crowd. I know it'll be a loud crowd with, a, again, a, a critical upcoming homestand here for the Rockies. Um, let's preview that here a little bit. You know, I kind of alluded to it. They've got a series against the Baltimore Orioles, the Arizona Diamondbacks, and the Toronto Blue Jays. You know, this is kind of the light part of the Rockies' schedule, considering some of the other teams have had to play. You know, just on this home, or on this road trip alone, excuse me, 
They're about to go up against the defending World Series champs and the new look Philadelphia Phillies who have Bryce Harper and company. So they, you know, just in this recent stretch of games alone, the Rockies have been impressed with a pretty difficult schedule. So um, we'll definitely, you know, th- will this nine, this ten game homestand at home really help the Rockies catch a breath of, breath of fresh air? You know, I said that it's so weird. I breath of fresh air. <laughs> there we go. You know, that that's definitely the expectation, I believe. Um, and like I said, guys, considering where the Rockies are at this season, 22 and 25, they need to start to rattle off some wins and go on a streak here. We saw them kind of go on a five-game winning streak earlier on in the year. Something similar would be fantastic, you know, especially with uh, some lesser opponents coming to town here following their game tomorrow against the Pittsburgh Pirates, which, you know, let, let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. They need this victory. Obviously, it's not a must-win by any means, but, a, you know, Winning this game tomorrow in Pittsburgh, solidifying the sweep, getting back to five, you know, finishing this road trip with a 500 record. That is all the good mojo and good juju, you know, that you need entering a season long homestand against some lesser opponents. So definitely some interesting trends that we're going to want to keep an eye on, guys. Um, but just to recap everything that we talked about, Anderson on the shelf for a hot minute with uh, going undergoing surgery on his left knee. Jeff Hoffman is expected to start Friday, I believe, against the Baltimore Orioles. Wade Davis on the 10-day injury list with an oblique injury. Jario Diaz makes his uh, return to the mound tonight after dealing with a slew of personal issues, including coming back from Tommy John surgery and the death of his wife due to stomach cancer. And the Rockies, you know, now back-to-back victories against a pretty solid Pittsburgh Pirates team, looking to make that a sweep tomorrow against the Pirates before heading back for a season-long 10-game homestand. So going to be really interesting to see how these guys finish out this road trip before heading back for that critical homestand, guys. But uh, if you're a fan of all of our work here at My Life Sports, you're going to want to check us out. Again, you can follow me on Twitter at Media by AP and on Instagram at avp.media. Um, I want to get to your questions here. I think we have a couple on my Instagram. Again, at avp.media if you want to get intertwined with the action. Got a couple questions from my man Frank. The first one is, why does everyone hate on Ian Desmond? I think that's pretty self-explanatory, man. You know, he's just been really underwhelming considering the amount of money that the Rockies have paid him. And especially with the emergence of someone like Ramel Tapia, um, you know, his role has been diminished to a certain extent. You know, they tried him at first base. He, he failed there. And now he's kind of platooning in the outfield with Tapia. So considering the amount of money that the Rockies paid him, I think that's why a lot of fans, you know, can't really stand him considering the lack of production from his end. Also, would Rodgers have been a better fit last year? Him, refer- uh, Frank here referencing Brendan Rodgers. I don't think so. Um, you know, last year the infield was much more crowded, and a large reason as to why the Rockies decided to, you know, let DJ Mayhew sign with the Yankees and walk in free agency is because they wanted to see what they had in guys like McBann and Rodgers. And if you re-sign LeMayhew to a two, three, four-year deal, Rodgers, that, that means, you know, Rodgers is clogged for the foreseeable future. Um, you know, Trevor Story isn't going anywhere. Nolan just signed that massive extension. He's not going anywhere, and Rodgers can't play first base. So um, I don't think he would have fit necessarily last year. Um, you know, this was a planned measure, I believe, to get Rodgers and McManson playing time on the right side of the infield. Um, so I hope that answers your question. Again, if you guys want to reach out and get intertwined with this podcast on Instagram at avp.media and on Twitter at media by AP. Really appreciate you guys giving me a follow, a like, all that good stuff. You guys can stay up to date with the 20th and Blake podcast online at mylifesports.com on Spreaker. 
and on iTunes. So drop us a like, a comment, a subscription, all that good stuff. We really, really appreciate it. Have some fantastic content coming out on MyLifeSports.com. You know, whether you're a Nuggets guy, an Avs guy, a Rockies guy, a Broncos, you know, not even just guys, ladies, you know, seriously. If you consider yourself a sports fan, you're going to want to check out all the stuff we do at MyLifeSports, both online with the radio station, AM 1340, FM 104.7, and within our magazine, which is a local edition of Sports Illustrated. If you haven't picked up a magazine yet, I highly encourage you to do so. It is phenomenal. Doug Ottawell and his crew do a fantastic job of putting out that monthly edition. So that's going to do it for me, guys, with the latest installment of the 20th and Blake podcast. Luke will be back with the next one, and then I'll be back probably after that. Um, Stay up to date with us again at MyLifeSports.com. A lot of interesting trends to follow, guys. We'll see where the Rockies are, and we'll talk to you next time.